Welcome to Depth and Candor, the podcast that explores how changemakers of color define and live out their purpose through their careers, side hustles, and entrepreneurial contributions. I'm your host, Hiwate Gitana, and I am so thrilled to take you with me as I talk to incredible innovators about what it really takes to do impactful work and live a life you love. Okay, so I'm back from the dead, basically, because I haven't recorded or published anything in a hot ass minute. Um, And this episode is incredible. It's about travel. It's about building your own business. And we'll get into it in a second. But I just want to say that this episode was recorded in 2018 and I'm publishing it now. Like, that doesn't feel good. But I think it's also important to keep going and to acknowledge the times and the places when you're not consistent and to say you know what I'm doing my best so that's right that's exactly what I'm doing I'm doing my best Um, y'all know I've been switching careers actually switching industries entirely from research to media so that's been a hell of a journey Um, good and interesting (laughs) highs and lows um but all of that to say like that's been a really big part of the reason behind me having to deprioritize the podcast and how much time I spend on it um that being said I do not want my inconsistency to come off or be interpreted as me not caring about the podcast you all have no idea how impactful it is to me when I read your emails or your reviews just letting me know that depth and candor means something it's useful it's affected your life in some sort of positive way Um, those comments often keep me going and they they fill me up and I'm incredibly incredibly grateful for them so here's a comment that I loved reading from someone by the name of una fan amorada Enamorada. Damn, I thought I spoke Spanish. Okay. Pursue your goals boldly, and they are worthy of pursuing. Just little gems by Huete. She and her guests really get at the intersection of what it's like to take risks and build as a person of color in this society. Una fan enamorada, thank you so much for leaving a review. If you're listening to this episode, if you end up loving this episode, please feel free to do the same. I would love to shout you out in the next episode. Um, This is part of how other people learn about podcasts. So I appreciate all of the comment that you send me directly through email, but I also really, really appreciate all of the reviews that you've been leaving. Okay, so this episode is brought to y'all by the one and only Skillshare. Skillshare is an online platform with classes taught by the world's best practitioners. And as I was prepping this episode about how Terry built her travel company, I couldn't help but think about how so many of you have mentioned to me that you want to incorporate travel into how you live and how you work. To which you all know I yelled back, <laughs> same. Um, And if this is still something you're interested in, consider joining Skillshare for free for two months by using the promo code DEPTHANDCANDORFREE. That's DEPTHANDCANDORFREE, all one word. 
They have photography classes, classes on self-branding, marketing, all of this stuff, all skills that will deeply benefit you if you are trying to build a life that includes sharing your travel experiences with the world. So if you're trying to become like a travel Instagrammer, a travel blogger, Skillshare is for you, my friend. And if you try Skillshare and you don't love it after two months, you just unsubscribe and it's like it never happened. But if you do love it and you want to continue, it's less than $9 a month. Either way, your first two months are totally free. So today's episode, all about how Terry Johnson built a business that was centered around travel and how she made it her full-time job and how she eventually went on to build her second company, It's called Harlem Candle Company. Terry is an entrepreneur, she's an adventurer, and she brings her experiences to life through storytelling and through luxury products. She's a lifelong traveler, and she has visited over 67 countries, learning about the rich cultures of the world, and also working as a travel and lifestyle expert for various TV and digital platforms. During her travels, Terry experienced a wide range of different scents, and she developed a passion and obsession for beautiful, evocative fragrances that have the power to transport you to a different place and time. So this is why she started her company, Harlem Candle Company, which she lives in Harlem, and it was inspired by the Harlem Renaissance period. So she launched Harlem Candle Company in 2015, to foster her love of fragrances, and to continue the legacy of cultural icons like Mr. Duke Ellington and Langston Hughes and Josephine Baker, and to celebrate iconic places like the Savoy Ballroom and Lenox Avenue. Terry's luxury candle line layers the area's rich culture with unique fragrances from around the world to create an unmatched sensorial experience for all. How about that? How you like that? Okay, so I loved learning. I need to stop saying, okay, so. (laughs) Okay, so I loved learning that Terry's entrepreneurial journey was led primarily by her intuition because I don't feel like enough entrepreneurs talk about that, but that's how I, that's how my whole life is led, by my intuition. And I feel like that's my primary driver. So without further ado, here is Terry talking about how she built the Travelista Terry brand. So I actually started um, a company with a friend of mine and we called ourselves, we actually called ourselves the Travel Girls. Um, And then we went to try to trademark the name, but we couldn't. So I was on a plane one day and I said, well, reading these articles and everything was just talking about, you know, barista and fashionista. And I'm like, this Easter thing is interesting. And I'm like, what if we call ourselves the Travelistas? And I went to trademark it the next day, and that's who we became. So we we created wow. a yeah we created Travelista TV, and there were two of us. I'm, I'm Travelista Terry, and she is Travelista Andrea. And yeah, so we started that, and we did some really fun stuff. We did um, a couple of things with BT and Huffington Post and TV One and the Sundance Channel. We were like doing the the, the black travel thing well before you know a lot of a lot of people were doing it really well now how Um, long ago was that this was um we started i think we got our first our first six-figure deal in 2010 but we were doing like smaller things probably starting around 2008 so about 10 years ago yeah good for you yeah okay so what prompted Um, 
what prompted that? Like, why did you guys well, even so think to start that? We are, um, <clears throat> we both love travel. We went to college together. We went to Florida A&M mm-hmm. and, um, I've, I grew up traveling. So I, I think I, I first went out of the country when I was 12 years old and I caught the travel bug really young. So I went to Mexico and I just loved speaking Spanish. I loved all of the cultural stuff I was exposed to. And then uh, when I was in high school, I was a, an exchange student in Spain and traveled around Europe a little bit then. And then in college, I studied in Italy. I studied Italian. Um, and I minored in both French and Spanish. So I just, I love languages. I love travel. Uh, and so did my friend Andrea. So mm-hmm. after we graduated, we were like, we have to figure out how we can like live these lives of like just being these international jet setters where we get to travel and speak languages and, and be cute. And ooh, maybe we should record it. And, and like, because we would come back from all of our trips and everyone would be like, oh my God, that's so cool. I can't believe that happened. You guys have to record this. We need to see that. Yeah. And so we did. So we invested in some camera equipment and we just started, I would record her and she would record me. And I mean, if you Google, oh gosh, please don't. <laughs> if you Google Travelista TV, you're going to uh-huh. see some really old videos pop up where we, of course, we had no idea what we were doing, but, but we did it. <laughs> and we, of course, you know, got much better and, you know, production value uh, increased. I took digital editing classes to learn how to tell stories through video and, you know, voiceover classes and, and uh, yeah. And then we just, we created the brand Travelista TV and And now Andrea is actually living full-time in Italy and I'm here living full-time in New York. And now I just kind of operate under Travelista Terry. I see. And you run your own company. And I do. I am (laughs) the founder of the Harlem Candle Company, which is, uh, oh my gosh, it's so much fun. And I I have to say, I kind of stumbled into that. Um, I, I knew I wanted to do something besides just traveling. And I've always been very kind of creative and artistic. And I wanted to, I wanted to actually make something. Mm-hmm. So um, I really, really, really love fragrances. And I've had this kind of weird obsession with fragrances since I was a child. And I, um, I used to actually make my own perfumes when I was a kid. I had no idea what I was doing, but I would just go around the house and go outside and find everything that I thought would blend really nicely together. And I would just mix it and then and see what would happen. It would last like maybe about a day and a half and then it'd start to rot. <laughs> but I would make these really beautiful fragrances <laughs> and wear them as perfume and have my friends judge them. Um, wow. So yeah, so I am, um, yeah. So I love, uh, I really love beautiful fragrances and I happened to, to have met a chemist maybe about six years ago mm-hmm. and he has made fragrance oils and perfumes for a bunch of different companies over the years. Mm-hmm. And I walked into, he, he used to own a store here in Harlem and I walked into the store and I was like a kid in a candy store because all of these beautiful fragrance oils were just lined up all along the wall and, you know, row after row after row. And it was like, wow, this is what the pure form of ylang ylang smells like. Wow, this mm. is jasmine. It's like pure form and things I had never even heard of. And I spent hours in that store smelling everything and asking all the questions because this was something I just I just never had access to so much beautiful you know, fragrance and someone who was so willing to share everything with me. Huh. So we became friends. Yeah, we became friends. And uh, I think maybe it was about a year, year and a half later, I, I, I reached out to him and I said, hey, I think I want to make some candles for my friends and family for the holidays. 
And I was like, can you, do you have some fragrance oils left over? Can you make me something? He's like, yeah. So he makes uh, about six different fragrance oils. And I had so much fun just in the kitchen making candles. I watched a bunch of YouTube videos and he kind of taught me how to do, you know, make sure to, you know, when you pour, it has to be this temperature. And, and so he taught me a few things. And then I, I uh, bought, you know, some, some glass and, and got my little labels and, and made, um, and made candles now at the time. Now these were just for friends and family, so I called, I called my little shop, um, La Maison des Bougies de Terry. I called it Terry's House of Candles in French. Love and, that. <laughs> well, I, I felt like let me just give it a French name. It has more cachet, and everyone knows how much I love languages. And let me just put it all together. Mm-hmm. So I, um, I gave, uh, I gave all my friends and family these, uh, these homemade candles, and they love them. They love them so much. They were afraid to burn them because they wanted to make sure that they could get more. And mm-hmm. they were ter- 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 willing to pay you. Uh, I just know I need, I need to know I can get more. Um, and I said, oh, and then I just kept hearing over and over, Terry, you should go into business. You should start candles. You should start candles inspired by your favorite destinations. And you should do this. And, that and, that. and I'm like, these are all really great ideas. So I actually started um, Travelista candles and Harlem candles at the exact same time. And I felt like, well, whichever one takes off quickest is the one I'm going to move forward with. Because I'm like, I live in, I live in Harlem. I love Harlem. Mm-hmm. But I also like love all these beautiful places around the world. But I, something told me, I was like, I think I'm going to start, I'm going to, I'm going to just see what I can develop and, you know, around the Harlem name. And, and then I felt like I could be this student again, where I'm going back and learning all about the Harlem Renaissance and let, who made Harlem so great. Let me know more about Langston Hughes. Let me know more about Duke Ellington. Let me let me let me find out what they liked. What what scents did they like? What was their favorite perfume? And and I just started going down this path, and I'm like, wow, you know, I think I really want to tell stories through fragrance and through these people, and continue to keep the beautiful legacy of all of these of all these great people and moments and time and places alive. So, yeah. So I, I was like, all right, I'm going to do the Harlem Candle, Harlem Candle Company. That's what it is. And then it's kind of that's, just taken off from there. That's amazing. So would you describe your purpose as storytelling? It absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I it really doesn't really matter. So it doesn't matter whether you're traveling and recording that or creating fragrances or candles or whatever, as long as you're sharing a story, that's what really lights you up. Yeah, thank That's you so- for for saying it like that. I like I like the way you put it. I'm like, yeah, I I do. I love telling stories, and I I guess yeah, I'm telling stories through fragrance and through travel videos and through you know pictures. But I think I I love being inspired, and if I feel like there's something that I have the ability to do, you know, inspire people through places that I travel, or inspire people to maybe want to learn another language, or inspire people to, you know want to, you know, be in great shape. I I love being able to do that. So what are your, like, like, are there rituals or there things that you do on a day-to-day basis to keep yourself in a positive frame of mind while you're running Harlem Candle Company and Travelisa Terry? Absolutely. Yeah. I, uh, I recently started doing something and I'm, I'm actually really glad that we're doing this now so I can share it. I, um, have started waking up every day mm-hmm. and, uh, recording like a voice note where I talk about the three things that I am grateful for. Mm-hmm. And then I talk about, um, 
as though it's already happened, how wonderful my day was. You know, I'm doing this in the morning, so my day hasn't happened. Mm. And I'm just talking about, oh, this day was fantastic. I had the most amazing inner podcast interview. And, you know, it's, it's going to reach a lot of people. And I hope it inspires a lot of people. And I talk about it in the present tense. And then I talk about uh, a couple of things. And this is like big picture. So things that are ha- going to happen in the future. Mm. And I'll say things like, oh, I just love the fact that Oprah chose my candles to be one of her favorite things for this oh, holiday season. Yeah. And I'll just, and I'll, and I'll say it out loud and there's nothing like when you actually verbalize versus writing. And so I'm and I say this as a voice text and I have a, a friend and I send it to my friend and she does the same thing and she sends it to me and I listen to hers and I get so excited for her and I'm like, yeah, you're going to do it. And she listens to mine and she gets excited for me. And it's just like, <laughs> okay, I'm confirming and I'm affirming and we're confirming. Yeah, we're doing it where it's out there it's out there in the universe and it's happening and we just it's just wonderful because you just you wake up with this 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 mindset of gratitude and happiness and like yep let's make it happen but sometimes I bet sorry to cut you off sometimes I bet you wake up and you're like I'm really not in the mood right oh yeah yeah okay what do you do then um I try my best not to look at my phone Mm-hmm. And because sometimes you just look at the phone and you have the news alerts that pop up and you're like, mm-hmm. oh, again? Uh-huh. <laughs> so I try my best not to look at my phone. And if, if I find that I just, oh, let me look at the phone to see what time it is. And then, yeah. But I will put the phone down. I'm like, oh, reset. No, 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 no. Reset. Mm-hmm. And, and I, it, you know, it takes getting used to. And sometimes I don't do, I don't do it right away. But I, if it's like 12 o'clock and I'm like, eh, not feeling the best, I'm like, oh, that's I didn't really say what I was grateful for today. Let me just stop. Let me stop and breathe and just think about what just happened or the email that I just got or, or something really great. Or maybe I just saw one of my friends that something wonderful happened to them on social media. Oh, yeah. Let me celebrate her. Let me celebrate him. So it's just, a, it's just reset. And you know, you can't beat yourself up for not doing it exactly and and following the kind of this, the system that you created for yourself. You don't yeah. beat yourself up. You just try better. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. And before this, we were talking about visualizing and like being very clear on exactly what it is that you want. So I love that you talk about voice notes because I think that saying something out loud changes your energy. Like it forces you to change your energy and not in like a not in a fake way, right? Like not where you're like, oh, I'm suddenly so happy, but you were miserable five five minutes ago. But more like, you know what? Absolutely, it's true that like, I am going to record an amazing episode today and I am going to meet so-and-so and do X, Y, Z. Those things are pretty great. Why am I in a funky mood? Okay, I can move out of that. Yeah, Yeah, I love that. I love that. The visualizing thing is just, you know, I see it, I mean, I see how, how well it works. It's been working for me for years mm-hmm. and sometimes I don't do it. And when I, I'm like, why am I not visualizing? I know that it's powerful. I know that it works. I talk about this all the time. Yeah. I'm a walking testimony. Uh, yeah. But I want to tell you something really quickly about, um, so I, when I launched the Harlem Candle Company and when I, when I really positioned it as a luxury brand, mm-hmm. Um, I put so much energy and effort into, you know, the packaging and working with some of the world's best perfumers to really capture the essences of 
Josephine Baker's boudoir and, mm-hmm. you know, the, the symbols that Langston Hughes loved so much. Mm-hmm. So I, I put so much time and energy and effort and, you know, meticulousness into everything that I've done, just even from the inside of every box. Mm-hmm. And I said, this is going to be a luxury brand that is inspired by people from Harlem, by these wonderful legends and artists and writers and performers who've made Harlem what it is and who, mm-hmm. you know, who have helped shape, you know, the, the, the history. So I said that and I said, you know, I see my, my, my candles being sold in the three B's, Bloomingdale's, Barney's, Bergdorf and Saks. So B's, so it's mm-hmm, Saks. Mm-hmm. So th- that's what I've, and I've been saying, I just say it. So where do you see yourself? Or some people say, oh, oh, you should get your candles in Whole Foods. No. Mm-mm, not these. Mm-hmm. These are going to be in Barney's, Bloomingdale's, Bergdorf, and Saks. So um, I got an email earlier this year, and it was from Bloomingdale's. <laughs> out of the blue? And they, out of the blue. I did not, I have not pitched anyone in any of these companies. No. I, out of the blue, I got an email, and they said, we would love to meet with you. Um we, one of the senior executive at Bloomingdale's buys my candles at a local store, a local gift store here in Harlem. And he's obsessed with my candles. And oh he said, I, I want you to meet the buy, the home goods buyer because your candles need to be here. Uh, so yeah. So I, and I'm, I'm launching the brand there in November. So, Oh my God. Congratulations. Yeah. So it's just, thank you. Thank you. So, you know, it's just, I, I, I visualize it and I say, it. Uh, I'm going to be in Barney's. Bergdorf, Bloomingdale's, and Saks. Yeah. So I got three more, three more to go. Wow. But, and I, I have no doubt that it'll actually happen. Good for you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, so how long have you been running the Harlem Candle Company? I've been running the Harlem Candle Company now for, I guess, about almost going on three years. So you so, were running mm-hmm. Travelista TV and Travelista Terry for a long time before you started the Harlem Candle Company, huh? I was, but you know, I was never, so a lot of what a lot of people don't, don't realize, cause you know, of course I'm in front of the camera, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm a filmmaker. I've, I've actually made and produced and, and, you know, have helped write feature films. So the Travelista Terry, that's the, that's the fun part, but I, I, I've produced plenty of videos where you would have no idea that I'm the producer behind it. <laughs> this is so interesting. So, so what, tell me, okay, so you graduate from college, um, mm-hmm. and what, did you get a corporate job? I did. Okay. I did. I used to work, um, in management consulting. I used to work for a company called Accenture and, it was not for me, but I did it. I stuck it through for a few years mm-hmm. and I worked with some really brilliant, very talented people. But one thing that it re- that, that uh, working at Accenture really taught me was process. So like really understanding and like dissecting a process of how things should flow and then figuring out any the places where there are inefficiencies to make things flow better. So that was like an invaluable skill as a filmmaker and actually producing independent films because you know you have a limited budget 
And it's like, all right, well, let's create this shooting schedule when we know we have, we need these four actors on this day. Mm-hmm. And this was before all the kind of the fancy, I think, programs that allow you to be able to put it in. And then, you know, there's like this automated thing that just spits it out. This is before that mm-hmm. um, or before I knew about it. But mm-hmm. I was doing this all on Microsoft Excel. <laughs> I was like, this is how we're going to do it. <laughs> so I think it, it really taught me how to organize, how to plan and how to tell a story and like, okay, well, what elements need to happen in these scenes? Okay, well, okay, and then how are we gonna have continuity? And I mean, there's just so many things. It was just, a, it was like a fun puzzle. And I, I was able to figure it out and and, and I would get hired um, and to help produce films. Cause they were like, wait, you, you help make that film, that independent film in 10 days and you got these actors? And I'm like, yeah, I was casting, I was doing all that stuff. Wow. Okay. But so when you were at your corporate job, you were working at Accenture and then you went Mm -hmm. towards filmmaking, were you doing it kind of on the side for a while before you transitioned out? Ah, I was taking classes. I was, so I was taking digital editing classes at night. I'd come home at night and I would, well, right, right after Accenture, I actually worked for um, a marketing, a really small marketing company. Mm -hmm. And it was, um, it was located like right down the street from the New York Film Academy. So mm-hmm. I would leave there at six o'clock or five fifty, run to class, and I was I did like a twelve week pretty intensive um, digital editing class, mm-hmm. and so that's where I started learning how to tell stories through video, and, um, but one thing that this company allowed me to do because they were doing so I mean, it was a marketing firm and they were, you know, telling stories through PowerPoint and I'm like PowerPoint is like dead mm-hmm. let's do video mm-hmm. and I kept asking them I'm like hey you guys you know you should invest in me to take this digital editing class blah 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 blah. and they said no mm-hmm. so do you know I pay I mean I paid for it on my own I learned all these really cool things to do in video and I ended up starting the video division for this company because wow. I because I was because I was like you're not going to invest in me I'm going to invest in me and I inv- I'm invested in me I'm helping you and then but of course they saw the benefit and then they were like all right Terry we got it we see, we understand your vision. And so we weren't doing PowerPoint anymore, going into these meetings and pitching. We were doing video. That's incredible. So then at what point did you start creating videos for yourself? And for oh, I was doing that the whole, I was doing that the whole time, but just oh, at wow. night. <laughs> wow. So you were busy. Oh my God. Well, yeah, I love, I love doing things. I love, I, you know, when you're passionate about something and you have all of these ideas, like sleep will come later. Like, <laughs> You know, I don't need to sleep right now. Yeah. Because you see what's happening right here in front of this computer screen and how we're able to do this, this, and this. You shouldn't you shouldn't be telling me that because that's my motto. And then, you know, a week later I wake up and I'm like, I'm exhausted. Yeah, I I mean I get I get so I get I'm so full from Mm -hmm. being able to create and do all of these things that I love that the sleep I'll sleep on the weekend or I'll sleep later. I'm like, I don't need it right now. So how did you go from this period of time where you were working on your own projects after work to quitting your job and being completely on your own, an entrepreneur and a creative that was self-employed? So so the company I was working for that allowed me to build out their video division, I did that, but they also knew how much I loved travel. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I was willing to, because I was, I was making, you know, a little bit of money and I already had money saved. And so I was willing to, to leave because they only gave two weeks vacation, but I would take like four and I'm like, you guys, it's fine. Just don't pay me. Mm -hmm. I don't need, like, it's fine. 
Um, but they were like, Terry, that sets a bad tone for everyone else, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, I don't know what to tell you because I'm going to travel. Like, I <laughs> travel is like part of what I need in mm -hmm. my life. Mm -hmm. So this is not, I'm not encouraging people to do this, <laughs> but I, I, went, I went away to South Africa and I told them I, was, I would be back on like January 2nd. I came back on like January 10th. I sent them an email and I'm like, sorry, I'm still away. I won't be back until the 10th. And then I didn't check my email. I'm like, I'm checking my email so they can fire me on the email. So I get back. <laughs> but the thing is I was, I had reached the maximum. There was nothing more I could learn with this yeah. company. Yeah. But I also didn't really have the guts to say I'm quitting. Yeah. Because like, because I did have a pretty flexible a pretty flexible work environment. Mm -hmm. So I came back and uh, they were like, well, it's obvious you don't want to work here anymore. I said, it, no, I was like, you know, I'm, I'm sorry I did that. I should have been honest. I just didn't know how to tell you because I already knew that I had already used all my vacation. So I basically just, this is how I did it and I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. And they're like, well, if you don't want to work. And I said, listen, I, I can't continue to work and do things that that aren't fulfilling. I said, why don't you guys just hire me as a consultant? And then I come in when I need, when you need me. But a lot of times I'm just sitting here wasting my time and working on my travelista stuff. So, and they know that, but it's like, but for me to even be here is a waste. Wow. And we worked it out. And so I, I consulted for them and only did things when they needed. And it worked so much better. I was so much happier because I was, then I was like highly productive. Yeah. I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm billing you for this. I'm going to work to the maximum for like five straight hours. Yeah. You so know? you must have so, had a lot of money saved so that you weren't worried about, oh, what if they don't hire me for enough hours or whatever? Yeah, I, I did. I had, I had enough money saved. Um, and, you know, I also, I, I, I bought my place where I'm living mm -hmm. and I got a really good deal. So I didn't have to worry about like rent always going up mm -hmm. every year. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I made some pretty good, pretty good decisions to set me up to where I, I could leave. I, I could, uh, I could leave and not be stressed. So were you making money on Travelista TV or Travelista Terry at that point? Yeah, I, I was, but I was also making a lot more money as a film producer, like producing oh, wow. for other projects. Yeah, I mean, I would do things for Time Inc. I would do things, but completely behind the scenes. Yeah. So you don't know it. There's no travel esoteric at all. And in, in fact, like the name of my company had nothing to do with my my travelista life. Wow. It was really more about storytelling and producing video and doing interviews. I'd be interviewing doctors and and doing really cool video uh, videos on the latest in hypertension management, like video, all sorts of stuff. Huh. So, so I was doing that. Mm -hmm. This is so awesome to hear because I feel like I am that version of you that's like transitioning out because I'm mm -hmm. starting to get to the point where I'm realizing like, oh, like I can pitch sponsors and actually create content via podcast and make money that way. And it's interesting to hear a story that really resembles mine because there are moments where I'm like, uh, like this is taking longer than I expected it to. <laughs> yeah, no, I, yeah, but don't worry. No, it, it's all going to happen and it all happens when it's supposed to happen. That is awesome. Okay. So yeah. you were making videos behind the scenes. You're produce, producing videos, but you were also making content for, um, was it Travelista TV at the, at that time or was it Travelista Terry? 
Um, it was Travelista TV, but it was pretty much just me doing it. Mm-hmm. So that's what, kind of why I just decided to just kind of brand as Travelista, as Travelista Terry. How exactly did you build that or like that blog and that digital presence into uh, an actual business? So much of it was just kind of left over. So I'm, I've already been on the radar screens of different tourism boards mm-hmm. and different brands. So they people knew about me already. So I actually have never even really pitched. Um, wow. And now, yeah. So my story is a little bit different just because I've been in the game for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, you know, when, if I were, if I were to pitch, you know, it's really about just having something that makes you a little bit different. Like what is going to be so different about you as a travel influencer? You know, is your angle really, really focused on fashion? Mm-hmm. Or is it focused on luxury or is it food? I think, you know, people really have to figure out well, what's going to make them so different because it's so super saturated right now. Mm-hmm. You're totally there's right. There's so many people doing, there's so many people doing it and there's a lot of people doing it well. Um, some people are just, you know, really, really beautiful and sexy in all their pictures and, mm-hmm. and that's their thing. And then some people are, um, you know, just love architecture and they're talking about architecture. So I think it really just depends on what your niche is. And then you find those those tourism boards or you find those destinations and then you create something that is unique in the pitch to that city. I, I'm going to tell you right now, I cannot stand when people send me generic things mm-hmm. where they're just like looking for sponsorship for the Harlem Candle Company. Oh, we want you to sponsor our gift bags. And I can tell you just copied and pasted the same thing. <laughs> And just, you know, for you're sending it to me and to this, to a, to a beauty brand and to, you know, a, a skincare brand, you're sending it to all these things. And I'm like, but there's nothing that told me why my brand would be so perfect in your gift bag. And I feel when, when people are pitching to different places, if they want sponsorship or if they want free trips, they really have to go the extra mile to say what makes this destination so great and why are you the person to go there and to explore and talk about it and what you're going to provide for them. And I think, you know, so often I, I hear and read things where, it, oh, I'm gonna give you a perfect example. Yeah. Um, we have a great sponsorship opportunity for you. You know, um, if donating full size candles to 400 gift bags, and this will be great exposure for your brand. So 400 candles at $45 each, and you want me to pay Two thousand dollars to 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 be considered as a sponsor. I literally scream out loud to whoever <laughs> sent those emails. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you want you want a twenty thousand dollar invest? You think it's going to benefit my? You want me to give you twenty thousand dollars, and it's going to be a great thing for me? I'm literally like, you got to get out of here. So what's a good pitch? And, what does a good pitch sound like? I really like um, non for profit. First, I, I I only donate to organizations where it's a, a, there's a cause yeah, and like silent auctions are really good. I love being able to put together something that you can't even buy. Cause sometimes we'll do, I'll experiment with do, with doing some really cool prints on glass that I d- decide not to launch, but then I'm able to, so those, so the value of the, those products is going to be higher than what you can just buy mm-hmm. because you're going to be one of five people that has this. So I love being able to put together a really beautiful set, um, that really tells the story of the brand with, you know, from candles to the room sprays to reed diffusers to, you know, all of the accessories that we have. I love being able to do that and, and uh, have that 
uh, presented at a silent auction. So those work really well. Um, but yeah, gift bags for for your ladies who brunch. No, <laughs> no, <laughs> nope. So you've never actually Sorry. had. <laughs> so you've never had to pitch a tourism company or a hotel or whatever. But you're saying if somebody did want to start traveling and documenting that and getting either free like night stay at a hotel or free um, flights to a certain destination, your recommendation is to pitch whichever entity you're going to pitch and explain how partnering with you would be good, right? Yeah. Or how it and like how, how, it, how it would benefit them, where you're going to put the content. So if you're blogging, if you blog for any other sites, how many social media posts you're going to to commit to posting? Mm-hmm. If it's going to be if it's going to be if you have an audience on Twitter, if you have an audience on Facebook, and just kind of outlining all the details mm-hmm. of where you're going to put the content. If you have any examples of things that you've done before, it's always good to share those um, kind of past success. Mm-hmm. And but I think at the end of the day, you know, they so many people are pitching, trying to get free this and free that. You really, really have to stand out. So don't just say, oh, I really want to go to Jamaica, so I'm going to pitch to Jamaica. you got to dig. Get, dig deeper. Find some really some angles that haven't been explored that much. Mm-hmm. And you figure out a really cool story angle. Or, you know, before you, like, you know, go so deep into to what you think would be so great, find out what they want. Mm-hmm. Find out what's – because there could be a couple of things opening or, or some things they really want to promote. Find out what those things are. And then if it's something that you have a passion and interest in, then focus on that. Yeah. And f- but figure out a different angle. Don't do the same thing that everyone else has been doing. So how important you, do you, you think? you got to like. Sorry to cut you off. Continue. Oh, no, no. I was done. Um, how important do you think numbers are? Like, do you think it is impossible for someone with um, very few followers to say on whatever social platforms to pitch a brand and actually get access. Like, I think there's the perception that unless you have 30,000 followers, you could never get paid to create content. Is that correct? No, that's not true. No, that's not true at all. I know. I really think if, uh, if you're a really good writer Mm -hmm. and there are some phenomenal writers that might not have a lot of followers, but they write really, really good content and their stuff is highly shareable because it is a great article mm-hmm. and, or they really did a beautiful job of telling the story and the history of the city mm-hmm. or of this destination, or, or they have really beautiful pictures. So I think it really just depends on the, the quality of your content mm-hmm. and, and engagement. So, you know, if you post and then you just kind of leave social media alone and you're not engaging with people and answering questions and kind of, starting dialogue to talk about this and talk about what it was like diving here or talk about that you have to show engagement. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if you have a really engaged audience and an audience that really does trust you, then that is way more valuable with a lot less followers than someone who has a hundred thousand followers, but you know, their content is like, is, 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 is weak. And yeah. when I say weak, it's weak in terms of, it might be a beautiful picture of you. You look so sexy. You look, but that doesn't necessarily inspire someone to go and have that exact same experience because it might, you might look and say, ah, it's impossible. 
to do what she did and to look like she looks. Yeah. Yeah. That's not realistic. Right. So you have to think, okay, well, what is realistic for you? And if, and tourism boards can see that, you know, these tests, they know, they know, okay, well, no, men are going to just love that, but they're not going to necessarily book a trip. Right. Because she's going to be there. Right. (laughs) Oh, maybe I get to meet her. (laughs) Um, But if you can, if you can be really informative in like the past content examples that you send, if you can be super informative where people trust you Mm -hmm. and trust, like, I really want to do what she did. You know, you know how many people I've actually met who have said, Terry, oh my God, I went to Puerto, I have a, a video that kind of went viral on Facebook. It got like I think almost 7 million views. Whoa. Um, and it's like the top 10 things to do in Puerto Rico. I've had like four people tell me, oh my gosh, I booked a trip to Puerto Rico and did eight of those things that you told oh me to do. Oh my God. And I'm like, wow, you did. <laughs> but that's like, and, and even, you know, getting those emails, it, it's like really important. If someone had such a great experience based on something that you created, some piece of content that you created, screenshot that yeah so you show the tourism boards like look this is what happened yeah. as a result of me doing this video or as a result of of me writing this this blog look at at uh look at the results so what about mm-hmm. for what advice do you have for people who are maybe not looking to create content through travel but they want to travel they want to see more of the world but they just feel like you know, things just don't work out either. Like they can't get their friend schedules together or they can't get their budget together. There's always like a thing that I think holds a lot of people back from just going where they want to go. What advice do you have for people that are in that position? Um, that's a great question. And this answer depending on your personality, Mm -hmm. the person who's listening, depending on their personality, it might work for you and it might not. Mm -hmm. So I, um, I, I'm okay being alone and traveling alone or, or not. Because if, if you wait on people, you might never get to do the things that you want to do in life. So it's important to, you know, maybe find find some friends who really do want to go and that it might not even be a super close friend, but it could be a friend of a friend. Or if you're in these like travel um, kind of meetups and these travel conferences, if you go to any of these, you can find some wonderful people who are, think just like you or who are excited to do all these things that you want to do. Yeah. So you might have to just get some, some travel friends that might not be the girl you grew up with or the, your college roommate. And that's okay. And then what will eventually happen is after you and this other person take this wonderful trip and have so much fun, the person who couldn't get it together is going to finally get it together. You know what? (laughs) You are absolutely right. That's actually exactly how my experience in traveling has been. Um, Well, for me, it was a little bit different because one of my best friends from college and I are very much on the same page in terms of idea and execution. So we were like, you know what, we should go to Europe one like random summer. And we just booked a flight and went and then it was amazing. So then the following year, we said, yeah, let's do this again. And there were like four other people who wanted to come. And I was like, this is so fascinating because before this, anytime we try to coordinate a group trip, it was a disaster. (laughs) Like no one could get it together at the right time or someone couldn't pay or whatever. But suddenly when, when you see other people doing it, you're like, Oh, 
all right, I can either get my ish together or not. Um, exactly. Yeah. But what about budgeting? Like, are there specific ways that you recommend people save money or were there things that you did when you were working that worked really well for you? Yeah, I am. I don't, I don't spend like back then. And even now I don't spend a lot of money on clothes and shoes. Mm. I just don't. And I try in my wardrobe now, you know, I've, I've tried my best to buy things that are more timeless. Mm -hmm. So you don't know that this is, this jumper is six years old. You don't know it. Mm -hmm. So, because <laughs> I'm, because, because my money has, my, my money has gone into my business mm -hmm. and it's gone into travel. And so it's really about how you prioritize. You know, if you're a big foodie, you know, some people love going out to dinner and they spend all their money on dinner. I don't, I, I like food, but I also can eat salad <laughs> and make food at home. Yeah. So it's really, and then, you know, if you go, if you buy a $5 coffee, Every single day, yeah. we'll think if you were to make coffee at home, yeah. how much money you would save. So it's really just figuring out way, where you can budget and where you can save money and just imagine, imagine how much further that coffee money or that you know pretty pair of shoes that hurt your feet anyway, how much money you saved and how much money you can now go and and spend and do all the fun, fabulous things abroad. Mm -hmm. You know, I was thinking about that yesterday because I got back from New Orleans for a bachelorette. I was there for a bachelorette party. And love that city. It, oh, I love New Orleans. Um, and I came <laughs> back at like 10 a.m. I was on a like a five, 6 a.m. flight. I got in at 10 a.m. and I was like, okay, today's going to be a prep day. I'm going to like meal prep and do X, Y, Z. And I was like, I need to get my nails done. And in that moment, I was like, you know what? I just spent money on this trip and I really enjoyed myself. I could just save this like $50 and just put it towards the next trip. And it was like this like mental debate that happened for, I don't know, the whole day. The real reason I didn't end up going is because I forced myself to prioritize everything else that I had to do before that. And I knew I'd run out of time. So I was like yeah. tricking myself <laughs> into not spending that money. And of course, by the time I got home, I was like, okay, well, I might as well just do my own nails. And it's kind of crazy, but I've started I've started realizing that in some ways I have to trick myself in order to avoid yeah. the things that I know I can avoid in order to in order to have delayed gratification. Right. And you know, and that's that's okay. I trick myself all the time too. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes you have to like trick yourself, encourage yourself. You have, there's so many things you have, but whatever works. Yeah. No, that's a good one. I yeah. like that. Yeah. What was um what's been the hardest part of having a non-traditional career and of just being a self-employed badass? <laughs> um I would say one of the hardest parts is doing it alone because before mm -hmm. I you know I had a I had a business partner. Mm -hmm. Um and now it's like Ugh, all the decisions are on me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I have to make all of them. Mm -hmm. And that's a lot of pressure, yeah. especially when there's so many things. Like I, I'm now, my candles are now in a distribution and fulfillment center. But prior to like a month ago, I was packing and shipping everything from here. Wow. It's just making the decision on the fulfillment and distribution center. There's so many. Yeah. How do you know which one's going to work for you? Yeah. And just it's like you 
just so many decisions you have to make. And, and then at the same time, I'm in product development and working with perfumers and then we're working on some new packaging and, and new designs. And it's just like, Oh my gosh, everything is up to me. Yeah. Um, so I think sometimes I just, I, I want someone else to make the decision, especially yeah. the ones that aren't fun. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Like whether to distribute yourself or whether to have another entity do it, I could totally see why you would want someone else to make that decision. Yeah. Um, or like reading through contracts and, and, uh, and trying to decide, you know, yeah. or, even though I have, I do have a lawyer, but I need to, I still need to go through it and then ask my questions yeah. to just make sure that, you know, that there's no copyright and licensing issues about this and, yeah. you know, and then business insurance. I mean, there's so many things like that, that there's a lot of stuff that's not sexy about it. Yeah. And I have to handle that. That's, yeah. But how do you, at the end of the day, I have to say it's, it's, it's just when I, when I talk to my customers and I see their reaction or I see them on social media talking about my candles, posting about my candles, that just makes everything better. <laughs> it makes me so happy awesome. to see how much they enjoy it. That is yeah. awesome. How do you define success? Mm. Um, I would define success by having peace in your life mm -hmm. and peace around everything that you do career-wise um, and relationship-wise. So peace, happiness, of course, you know, money to do the things that you want to do in life. Mm -hmm. um, and and just like being able to sleep well at night, you know, with integrity and, and just knowing that you're doing your little part to spread light in this world. And where can people find you if they want to connect with you on the internet? Um, so I, I'm mostly on Instagram. I am on Facebook, uh, but it's Travelista Terry and that's like Travelista, like fashionista, mm -hmm. Terry, T-E-R-I and the same on Instagram. So Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and then my Harlem candle company is Harlem candle company on Facebook, uh, Instagram and Twitter. And then of course, harlemcandlecompany.com. There's a lot more that you can see and you can see the, the products and, and if people enter code Harlem15, they get 15% off their first order. Yes. I love when people take advantage of that because it's just like, yeah, get, get your 15% off. I love that. Thank you so, so much for making time for this You're conversation. You, of course, this was so much fun. Yeah, this was. And I'm so excited for you. You're amazing. And I, I'm excited to watch you. I hope this conversation compelled you to take one more step in the direction of however you define a full and impactful life for yourself. Terry's unforced journey into entrepreneurship, her love for travel, and her ability to build a business out of it reminded me that the desire to pursue my own dreams of running my podcast full time and being able to work from wherever is more than valid. You can find Terry on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Travelista Terry. You can also find her at Harlem Candle Company on Instagram and Facebook and at Harlem Candles on Twitter. If you want more from me, join the email list to get the stories and lessons I'm learning about becoming a happy, successful adult with ambitions and lots and lots of unknowns. And you can subscribe to the email list at depthandcandor.com backslash subscribe. 
you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to rate and review it on iTunes so more people can learn about the podcast and pursue a bomb life of their own. If you're listening to this on Spotify and Stitcher and you love the episode, please subscribe to the podcast and share it with a friend. Until next time, live vibrantly, my friends. Bye.